Welcome to Run Like Hell Toward Happy, the podcast for overwhelmed creatives to stop hustling and finally create balance between work, life, play, and rest to make progress toward their dreams. I'm Caitlin Liz Fisher, motivational writer and coach who helps people listen to that little voice inside that knows what you really want to be doing. Let's get started. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Run Like Hell Toward Happy. This episode is going to get into my own story of how I learned to listen to my intuition and say yes to myself after a history of sticking with something I hated until I was completely burned out and had no choice but to listen to my intuition saying no. If you don't take breaks and pace yourself, the universe will step in and do it for you. And that is something I have learned because I just kept not taking breaks. So I want to start off with a quick content warning. My story includes emotional abuse, parental estrangement, divorce, abusive marriage, and death of a parent. And I also talk about uh, the death of George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter protests in 2020. That comes into my story a little bit. So our story begins in my childhood. Just like childhood is where we first felt those run like hell toward happy dreams and visions of a future, independent of what everybody else expects of us. It's also where a lot of our limits get installed for the first time and where we learn those expectations we spend our lives trying to fit into. So as a child, you know, we had a lovely house, we had pets, I loved going to school, I had friends, I had a little sister, and we did not get along very well and we tormented each other. Uh, we are now best friends, but you know, in as, as children, we were not. My best friends lived on the same street as me, and all of that can be true. While it is also true that my parents were emotionally abusive, and their divorce was really traumatizing, especially to my sister and me. I could talk forever about childhood and give more examples from that. But to get the ball rolling on this and to keep these episodes under half an hour, I'm going to fast forward a couple decades and tell you my sort of final straw moment story. When I was in the car with my mom and I was going with her to the grocery store. So she's driving. We're just chatting. And it was just a few months before my birthday when I was going to turn 29. And usually for my birthday, We would plan to go out to dinner um, or we would just do like sort of something together as a family to celebrate. And so I asked my mom, what are we going to do for my birthday this year? And she thought about it for a second and said, well, why don't you think about what you did for my birthday and we'll do that. And I just sort of hit a breaking point after 29 years of trying to always be the good daughter My stepdad had to talk her out of ghosting my wedding in 2016 as punishment for me telling her Happy Mother's Day via text instead of calling her. She had said that she was just going to not show up to the wedding and text me Happy Wedding instead as like a direct getting back at me for texting her Happy Mother's Day. And my stepdad, bless his heart, told her that that was ridiculous. And, but in this, this birthday conversation, I realized that everything I ever got from her, from emotional support to birthday gifts to eating a vegan side dish at Thanksgiving, had been transactional and I had to earn them with 
good behavior or with giving her something in return. And all those ways I tried to earn her respect for almost three decades just sort of broke. And I know it seems petty to have a breaking point that was about my birthday, but it was really about a lot more than that. You know, it was like, I just had my life of trying to make my mother love me flash before my eyes and was just like, this is, this is just silly. I can't, I can't keep dealing with this. And that was the last day that I spoke to her. Uh, she never really tried to find out why she just threw away anything of mine that was still in her house. And she wrote me out of her will. And my inner voice, my intuition just said, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm never going to be good enough for her. And I am done trying. And it's been four years now, minus having to see her twice in 2018. And what happened in 2018 took me from done dealing with this to the knowledge that there was no way I would ever be able to have her back in my life. My stepdad was very sick. He had lung cancer and my mom kept it from me and my sister specifically. Our brothers knew and our stepdad's kids knew. And mom kept it from me as punishment and kept it from Jess because Jess would have told me. And it was sort of a happenstance miracle that I found out because I had been texting and calling my stepdad about my furnace being out. And eventually my mom texted me back on his phone saying that he was too sick to work. And I asked what happened and she told me that he had been diagnosed with lung cancer. And he died a few weeks after I found out that he was sick. I was able to go see him in the hospital and mom and I just slipped right back into our normal roles in the hospital. And we also had a memorial at their house a couple of days after he passed and we got along just fine. And there's no doubt in my mind that had I not found out before he died that she would have not told me he would have died without me or my sister ever knowing. And I thought the birthday thing was my final straw moment. So this was my, my true final straw with my mom. And to top it all off here, my stepdad died the same week I was leaving an abusive marriage. So I was just experiencing a lot of grief, a lot of stress, a lot of trauma, all just layered together. It was not a great time. And I was sort of processing it all on the surface, but it would be, it would be several months before I was able to actually process and deal with the, the level of pain and loss and just everything I was feeling. I had a 10 day window to leave my abuser uh, where I had to find an apartment and move out while he was out of the country visiting his family. This leaving process was supposed to be pretty simple, but somebody sent him screenshots from a private group I was in where I was talking about my plan to leave. So he found out and he started harassing me. 
He had someone park outside our house while I was moving. He called my therapist to basically tell on me. He was posting things on Facebook to smear me and blocked me and all my friends. Uh, He threatened to tell my parents, quote, everything that I had done, which made no sense. Um, And also I wasn't talking to my mom, so I didn't really care what she thought anyway. So things were a bit rough for me. And then after I left my abuser, my dad came to visit me, you know, seeing if I was okay. But he told me that I needed to explain what I meant by abuse. Because he told me that he understood firsthand what an accusation like that could do to a man's reputation. And I was like, what the fuck? You've known me for almost 30 years. You've known my husband for like, I don't know, four. Why why are you automatically taking his side, I guess, and assuming that I'm full of shit? So I reduced contact with my dad little by little. And eventually I had to block him everywhere because he went on this weird tirade on one of my public Facebook posts. And he sent my sister a message that I was the abusive one and my sister was enabling me. And that just got kind of really messy. So now I'm down two biological parents that I don't talk to. I've left my second husband. And this is all right before I turned 30. And just as like a cherry, just the universe being like, hey, you want something cool? I got a book deal that week as well. So that was rad. So I'm... I was feeling so many things. I felt like a failure for having two divorces. I wondered if I was the problem, like my dad said, and I had been pushing my family away because of something broken and and wrong and abusive in me. But my little voice, my intuition, my inner knowing always said that I was making the right call. I was surviving and I was protecting myself. So far in my life, I've done really hard things and stuck it out in really hard situations until I couldn't anymore. I would hit a breaking point. I would burn bridges. I walked away forever from these situations that were not good for me. I have started over so many times that it doesn't even really scare me anymore to think about getting something wrong and starting over again. It just sort of feels like, oh shit, like this again. But I know that I'll always be fine. The really scary part came when I started over and did something that I didn't have proof I could do. I've had breakups. I've had to move out of housing situations that felt unsafe or uncomfortable or that I had to leave because of abusive situations. I have cut off my parents. You know, I have proof that I can do these things and survive. But then I quit a full-time job making over $70,000 a year and started working for myself. I didn't have a backup plan. I didn't have income that felt guaranteed. I didn't have a lot of things that people say you're supposed to have in your career. And this was something I'd never done before. Something that other people in my life had told me I couldn't do, shouldn't do. Something that society told me was scary and risky and not secure. And, you know, when I close my eyes and I get really quiet and I ask myself what I want The answer is this. It's talking to you on this podcast. It's coaching people to help them go for the thing deep down that they really want. It's teaching and supporting people who are going through really hard things because I know it's possible to get through those hard things. I use my story to help others get through burnout, 
get through divorces, get through hard things that they feel like are the end. They they hit the wall. They feel like they can't possibly do it anymore. And I'm, I'm here to say, no, you can. I've done it and I can help you do it. And, you know, those things are a kind of end, but they're also a beginning. A metaphor that I like to go back to over and over again is like a caterpillar making a cocoon because of its instincts, right? That caterpillar has no idea what's going on. That caterpillar is just like, I guess this is what I'm doing now. And it makes a cocoon and it turns into a pile of goo before it comes out with wings. That caterpillar has no idea what the fuck is going on. In my extremely scientific opinion, as an expert on caterpillars, that was sarcasm. I don't really know if they know what's going on, but I'm pretty sure they don't. So if you feel very confused and like a giant pile of goo, you're, you're probably building a cocoon and you're probably going to be able to come out of it with wings and learning and experiences and all that good stuff. And I'm now going to tell you about how I quit this job because on paper, it was a great job. I made great money. I had all my bills paid. I was investing in business coaching to get my thing off the ground. I launched an online course that I'm really proud of. And now I have my own coaching practice. So I was doing all that while working, but I, I was burning out a bit. I was tired. At the start, the job was everything I wanted. It was a better title, more money, more vacation than the job I left to take it. And those are all the things that we're supposed to look for as we develop our careers. And about a year and a half into working there and enjoying it, I did like my job once upon a time. My boss quit. She was a great boss. She kept us protected from the executive level shit raining down in our department. She had good boundaries. She kept other departments from taking advantage of us. She valued our input and she treated us like people, like her equals, not just like people that were there to do stuff for her and make her look good. And the manager who replaced her uh, did not do any of that. I spent the first six months of his time at the company babysitting him, telling him important things that he didn't think to ask taking point on things I never had to manage before because I had more experience and I knew what was going on. I was bailing him out constantly and I probably should have just let him be bad at his job, but I have that people pleasing thing and I want to, I want to show how important I am and help people and blah, 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 blah. I should have just let this guy fall on his ass. He did not know how to filter things from upper management. He didn't have boundaries with other departments he allowed them to go through improper channels to request things from us. And we weren't allowed to redirect them and say, no, like, here's how you need to ask for that. He was a bad manager. And he didn't treat us like equals. He used us and treated us like personal assistants. And at about the six month mark where I was like, okay, like he's just getting used to the company. He doesn't know these things. You know, he's only been here for a few months. After six months, I quit babysitting him. And I stopped rescuing him and our relationship went off the rails a little bit. He did not like that. He yelled at me and swore at me on the phone. How I need to respect his authority and how if he wants to hijack something I'm working on, then he can do that. And I'm not allowed to say no. And as a person with boundaries, I did not take to that very well. If you treat me like crap, I'm not going to take care of you and solve all your problems. And I'm not sorry about that. This is why bosses don't like me. I'm not really a person who gets along with bosses. 
So I'm taking on extra responsibilities, hiring a direct report, overseeing strategies, and I asked for a raise and a promotion. And he kept moving the goalposts on it. You know, at first he was like, oh, I haven't been here long enough to ask for that for you. And then he said it was in the plan and I would get it by X date. But he told me, he told me that I couldn't ask for more vacation because I basically wasn't allowed to have any more vacation than anyone else at the company because they'd be jealous. He didn't want me to have more vacation than he had for bullshit. And I had used up all of my nice points on him. So I, I was just like, well, you know, here's what I'm asking for. So I'm handling this whole, my manager is bad at being a manager thing as best I can. And then I have a final straw moment. We interrupt this episode of Run Like Hell Toward Happy to invite you to my free burnout breakthrough webinar. In this one hour webinar, you will learn my four part framework to balance your passion project with the rest of your busy life. Whether you're getting back into an old hobby, turning your craft into a business, finishing your novel, or anything in between, this framework will help you reach your goals at your pace. The Burnout Breakthrough webinar is free and is happening live on Monday, May 17th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Register now at bit.ly slash stopburnoutwebinar. I will also have that link in the show notes for you. And now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. In June 2020. So we have the whole world protesting the murder of George Floyd. Black Lives Matter protests across the world, not just America. And so I worked for a company that was a pretty major greenhouse. We had a couple of national plant brands. And so I'm looking at brands we compete with. I'm looking at the retailers that sell our product. And these these companies, these brands are posting in support of Black Lives Matter. They're making donations. They're doing whatever they can. And whether it's just marketing gimmicks or whatever, they're doing something. So I took some screenshots, texted them to my manager and I'm like, Hey, we got to do this. Um, I'm working on some copy to send you for a social media post. Like I'll get that to you. Very normal. He's like, yeah, this looks like something we should do. Let me touch base with leadership. Leadership comes back and says, no, we cannot post in support of black lives matter. It could hurt our business. And kind of unlike me, I tend to just be like, okay, fine, whatever. And like deal with the owners being a little kooky. This was not acceptable to me. So I pushed back. I used Bible verses because the owners of the company are extremely Christian. And I'm like, no, like, here we go. Like, this makes sense. I'm quoting ministers and pastors who have spoken out about this. I'm like, no, like, we should definitely do this. Like, we cannot be neutral right now. My manager was like, they're not going to do this. Call me. So I call him and he's like chuckling at me on the phone. Like I'm, I am so naive, which is not something I handle well. I'm an Aries. Don't laugh at me. (laughs) Basically, unless I'm being hilarious, in which case, please laugh. But he's like, they're not going to go for this. What are we going to do? And he said some uh, kind of problematic things such as uh, the owners support an orphanage in Africa. It doesn't get more black than that. And I'm like, oh, I'm out and I'm not going to be the voice of this company that is on the fucking wrong side of this issue. So I gave myself to the end of June to give my notice whether or not I had a job. I applied to like 80 jobs in June and hadn't heard back from anything. And finally, it's like June 29th. And I'm like, okay, like, shit or get off the pot, right? Like I have to make good on this. So I gave my notice 
I had saved up enough money to live on for a few months. I had to get out of there and I was, I was totally burned out mentally, creatively, and now like spiritually and on like a values level. I just felt like I could not work there anymore. So I quit and then I basically slept for a month. I was so burned out. And then I took a part-time freelance job that felt pretty good. I took another part-time freelance job and that felt okay, but I was feeling more and more like I wanted all my time to work on building my own thing. And I got quiet again. I listened to my little voice. I realized it told me, go for it. Like really go for working on myself, use all the productive hours in my week for my own thing. And now here I am, I'm running a business. I have coaching clients. I've launched a membership program. I'm helping people work on their passion without burnout. And I'm recording this podcast. It is scary to do something new, but when I close my eyes and imagine myself in my best life, this is what I'm doing. I'm using my own experiences with burnout and with getting through hard stuff to help others get through hard stuff. I believe that I'm living my deep down dream and I want to help you live yours. I teach this to others so they don't have to leave abusive relationships and deal with shitty jobs until they want to scream. And I've developed a framework to help you figure out your passion and get grounded in your intuition. The first part is grounding, where you take stock of all your ideas, your dreams, how they fit into your life. Uh, second part is intuition building, learning to listen to that inner voice, how to hear when it's drawing you toward or away from something. Part three is pacing. And this is super important because we're all like, okay, cool. Here's my idea. I'm just going to haul ass until I hit it. Like, no, you got to go slower with adjustable goals because you need to balance work, life, play, and rest. And then part four, which is actually kind of going on all the time is reframing, learning to reframe your negative thoughts and work on imposter syndrome that tells you that like you shouldn't be going for your deep down dream because you definitely should. And we'll get more into these ideas later on in this season. But in this episode, I just really wanted to share my own experiences, explain how they have shaped the development of how I teach people. The pacing section of the framework helps you set a realistic plan. I had to stop filtering my actions and my beliefs through what other people expected of me or through what seemed normal or ideal. And I really listened to myself to figure out the next steps that made sense for me. If you loved this episode of Run Like Hell Toward Happy, head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Once the show gets 50 reviews, I'm giving away a curated work-life balance care package to one lucky reviewer. To enter, post a screenshot of your review in the giveaway thread in the Run Like Hell Toward Happy Facebook group. Huge thanks to Leave Nelson B. for the intro and outro music and to Jennifer Hearn Photography for the photo used in my cover art. Check the show notes for links and resources mentioned in today's episode. You can find me on social media at Caitlin Liz Fisher on Instagram and Facebook or Kate Liz Fisher on Twitter. But seriously, number one takeaway, please leave a review. It helps other people find the show. That's all for now. See you next time.